With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome once again to another Match Day edition of the Leaves That Podcast. I'm Paul and tonight I'm joined by Andy. Hello. And James. Hello. We'll be discussing our away fixture against Chelsea. Coming up, we'll discuss our head-to-head record, how the team lines up, give our predictions for the game. El Loco Joe's back with the referee. Go on, Joe. And as always, we'll have a chat afterwards with our immediate thoughts and feelings on the game. So, boys, how are we doing? Lovely, thank you, Paul. How are you? I'm good. It's nice to have a full Saturday just doing uh, family things and then having the football still to come. Weird having oh. a Saturday 8pm kickoff though, isn't it? Yeah, at least you've had a nice day. I've had a nice day actually. I'm doing some nice work at the minute. Uh, 8 o'clock on a Saturday is odd though, isn't it? It is odd. Mrs. Paul said, wouldn't it be nice if it was always like this? I said, what? And we've spent family time together on a uh, Saturday instead of me getting up, going meeting the guys, having a few drinks watching the game, coming back on the train. Wouldn't it be nice if it was always like this? She was like, yeah. I said, well, if I had to choose one, then I would probably end up, you know, having to take this. But I don't have to choose, and hopefully we'll get back to that very soon. You called Paul Paul, then, if she's called Mrs. Paul. Paul Squared, I prefer. Also, she's had a, she's had a year off anyway. We will have been out of grounds by <laughs> about a year. So, you know, she's had you every Saturday. This is true. And she's only just realised. What a lucky lady, eh? So the head-to-head record uh, against Chelsea, we've won 39, drawn 29 and lost 34. That's not too bad. One of them teams where I suspected we might have had a, a, a poorer record, but obviously played each other a lot of times, not so much over recent years, but it's a renewal of old rivalries. Andy, what do you think to this rivalry? Is it something that that bothers you? Is it in your head at all that it's a, a big game for you or or not so much? It's one of them rivalries that's like a proper one for me, like historically, because being the Leeds fan of our generation that we are, we had a bit of success uh, with the Champions League time. But then with the wilderness years, you end up binge watching and learning history and enjoying the Leeds of the past even more and think, was I born in the wrong era? What's going on here? So this one does feel proper, but like when you bang them stats out earlier, mate, it's like I can't get too bothered by him because we haven't played him properly for 16, 17 years apart from we got pumped in the cup when Becchio set us 1-0 up and we lost 5-1 was it 5-1? something like that I think it was my birthday yeah it felt like we were going to do something but then second half just got utterly ruined this match to me reminds me so much that an entire generation have missed maybe an opportunity to support lead like you see so many kids wearing Chelsea shirts up here I saw one today playing football in the park he's wearing like a, a Kante Chelsea shirt and I still think it's odd like I still can't believe people don't support Leeds that live around here but it's just it's, bad parenting mate it's just bad parenting it's bad parenting and um and you know and I think that generation probably won't see this as a rivalry because it's Leeds they've come up from the championship there's not been any history over the last few years but in my view it is it is a rivalry 
I think, you know, it, it goes back to, I mean, I really disliked them at the time when Hasselbank moved to them and, or he was like trying to get a move there and he went to Atletico Madrid and then he eventually ended up at Chelsea, where was where he wanted to go. And I just remember every, every game was a tough game. I remember being at Ellen Road with my dad and watching Gianfranco Zola and Desai and Frank LeBeuf, who were World Cup winners. It was just a, a crazy time. And, um, yeah, and so the, the, there'll always be a rivalry for me. I feel like it, it should just, it just feels like a, a normal game weirdly already though. It's like, yeah, we should be playing Chelsea. Like this is this is Leeds. You know, we're not just a team that's come up from the championship. But there is just so much history there. Like even for our parents, you know, and, and that generation, they, it, the 60s, 70s, um, 70s in particular. Oh, sounds like team news is in. But yeah, the 70s, you know, when you look at the, the I think it was the cup final replay, which was the most, still to this day is like the most televised Sorry, the most watched televised football match in this country because it was like one of the only games that could be watched. After the World Cup. After the World Cup, of course, yeah. It's like, it's like the fifth most watched thing ever yeah. on British. It's mad. Yeah, and, and the rivalry is huge. I think Chelsea are a really good team with some great players. and Manager's a bit of a crybaby though, isn't he? I, I really hope we beat them like in the 98th minute when it's a goal off one of their defenders' asses that we don't deserve and he just comes out crying saying how unfair it is that'd be beautiful wouldn't it well that's the modern context of the game the modern context is that we've had a bit of recent history with Frank Lampard being significantly up on aggregate against them across four games until the last half of the game that we don't really want to talk about again and again and again. You know, that season when Frank Lampard took them from six to six with less points and still didn't take them up and then got his dream move. But that's life. And the other aspect of it is that Patrick Bamford, their former academy, well, not quite academy, they took it from Nottingham Forest. Patrick Bamford went on uh, a zillion loans from Chelsea, uh, not making it probably doubted. Did they take him... Is he part of a crop of people that they took just to take the people? Did he, was he ever going to make it at Chelsea? But he's going back there tonight with a real point to prove. I think he played there when Lampard was a player. It's odd as well that Frank Lampard was Jack Harrison's godfather. Teammate. Well, I think Jack Harrison really looks up to him. The team news is in. Go on, Andy, you have guess. I reckon it's unchanged and Laurentiis on the bench. Oh, that sounds good. Correct. <laughs> hey. No, it's oh, Casilla, Lorente, Strike, Costa, Paveda, Robertson, Rodrigo on the bench. It's a fierce bench, that, isn't it? Very. Certainly is. And we said this before the game last week, but that ability to pick an unchanged team who have got the confidence of the last two games with the two clean sheets is really, really important. Good that Robin Cox playing because there was a few rumours flying around the last couple of days that he was going to be out, that Cox was out. Who said that? It was all on social. Everyone was posting saying, oh yeah, rumours are Robin Cox not been training. So so I had a little look on the opposition forums. Funnily <laughs> enough, going back, to, going back to what you said before, there was uh, a poster called Dum Yank who said, basically, I can see that we hate Leeds. I don't, I'm, I'm really happy to hate teams. I just want it to be justified. So can you explain to me why? And this was another theme of a lot of people saying, I hope Frank's told them all the history. I hope he's told them how much we hate them. They really hate us. They really hate us. Yeah, um, right. Uh, so it's proper, this game. It's proper. Uh, one of the fans said it won't be the same without the crowd for this one. Although it's a hilarious that it's their first season back and their fans will be lucky to be able to go to a match at all. I thought that was really harsh. Yeah, but mate, it, 
they're a different breed out there that's just not even getting down to the level there's no point so yeah it was it was largely but the you know there were some moderate views around the fact that thinking carefully about who to pick or whether or not despite the fact that Giroud scored four in uh, in midweek whether he should start because of the fact that um, they're going to need a certain amount of work rate to match our work rate and the pace and the and the movement so yeah that's that's what they're thinking but they all absolutely despise us and want to destroy us oh good luck to him mate I spent enough cash trying to get there so uh, let's see how we go so Andy last week you said that me uh my research wasn't uh, up to scratch on the referees. So I've got good news for you. As I said earlier, thanks to El Loco Joe on Twitter. Is she back? She's back. I love you, Joe. This podcast has just uh, gone up by a thousand percent in terms of quality. Missed you, pal. <laughs> Stop being so self-deprecating. Yeah. Easy enough for you to say that, wasn't it, eh? Well, I just didn't want to say self-defecating. Anyway, <laughs> happens to the best of us, mate. Referee for the game is Kevin Friend. Oh, Friend! His last game in charge was the Preston away 1 1 last October. Before that, he hadn't taken ch- charge of a Leeds game since September 2007. Cardiff 3 Leeds 1 where he booked Cooper twice in nine minutes, sending him off before half time. Andy, the VAR is Michael Oliver. Well, do you know what's funny about Michael Oliver now that you've said it? Is he's that- got, but he's got two names as a proper name. that's very true and I never trust a man with two first names but um, Michael Oliver recently watched back the original uh, Leeds-Chelsea games from the 70s and in those games I think one player was given a yellow card at the time Michael Oliver watched it back and would have issued 11 red cards all to Leeds probably well no Chelsea were just as bad as us at the time It it was both ways yeah, I know, but if Michael Oliver's referee, he's not going to give us that, is he? Yeah, a man with two cool. names, like that Paul Paul fella who's on our podcast. Paul, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy, never change. Andy, did you know there's going to be 2,000 Chelsea fans there tonight? How do you feel about that? I don't care, mate. That makes for great listening. Uh, Frank <laughs> Lampard during do you the... Know what, do you, all right, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't care. Uh, if you elaborate, that'd be useful. I think it's just insignificant. I don't think it's going to do anything. If you look at how big stadiums are in the Premier League, apart from like some of the pony clubs like Burnley and that, great fishing, that one, I loved it. Um, you've kind of got like, how big's Chelsea Stadium? 40, 50,000? If you've got 2,000 of them social distance, it'd just be like having all the coaching staff and that there. Leeds aren't going to be bothered. Leeds aren't going to pre- If anything, it gives Alioski and click some people to wind up. So it might play in our favour. Not bothered. I think it's only a thing. Fans need to be back and they need to be back properly. It's like we said before, it'd be great if we could get to a game, but if we're going to get to a game, I want to get to a game with you guys and I want to get on the loose juice and have a good old time. Well, if you do get to a game, it will be with me because we're in our season ticket bubble together. So, uh, Does that mean you can come like stay over in that as well? Cuddle. <laughs> I think your season ticket bubbles don't fit in with the uh, wider tier restrictions. Do I get sick with you, like next to you in that? Yeah. Do we get to like go for a pint and that if we have a substantial meal? Yeah, but I believe so. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we would because at that rate, if they let us in, we'd have to be in tier two anyway. Can James come on? No, James elected not to. That's oh. not true. Well, it kind of is, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for great listening. <laughs> to elaborate on it. <laughs> Uh, only because I'm uh, I'm with my sister and my brother-in-law and nephew. That's the only reason why. How very Nesbury. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Andy, what's your prediction tonight? Uh, I'm going to go for... I really want it to be 1-0 to Leeds. It's all I want. Obviously, if we're beating 4-0, I'm just as happy, but 1-0 just to wind up Frank of a little Beth. I think we'll get a draw tonight. I can't see us losing. Um, I think... I think it'll be a one-all draw. James? To be honest, I think Chelsea have got one of the better teams in the Premier League on paper. Not necessarily manager and strategy, but they've got such a good team of individuals. So if we can get something out of this, it'd be it'd be brilliant. That being said, we have got a bit of a, a duck in the in London at the moment. And it would not surprise me, it'd be very Leeds that for us to go there and get a win. So I'm gonna say two nil Leeds. I think like you say there, Jim, is that like attacking wise, they are potent, but they're all individual, there's no collective. And defensively, I think they're pretty bang average, really. They seem to get in like decent big names who when they come in just don't perform. And hopefully that thread continues tonight. Paul, what are you saying? I'm going to go one nil leads. Big up yourself. I think after the Liverpool performance, the City performance. The, the the Manchester City performance, uh, yeah, not the Leicester City performance. Although the Leicester City performance again was fine, but against these, so the teams where I've sat and thought the big six with the players and the money that they spent, and you've thought, oh, how's it going to be? Because you're coming up as a promoted team, we've gone out and, and Arsenal, and we've gone out and and given them such good games, and I just hope that tonight after picking up that much needed win against Everton. I just really, really hope we can build on that tonight with another win. It'd be such a, such a statement, but we won't get, I'm preempting the next half, but I'm not going to get carried away. Whatever happens tonight, because a win doesn't mean we're world beaters and a defeat doesn't mean that it's, that we suddenly become the worst team in the world. So how would you feel if we lost or we, you know, don't get three points based on how you think we'll do today, Paul? I, I think, if we've had another solid performance and you you don't see the performance levels dipping, you'd be really shocked if they did because we've had a week to prepare. Uh, something that Calvin Phillips mentioned was that not having those Tuesday games is giving us longer to prepare. It's it's you know well removed from the international break. It's the same team for the third game in a row. You're expecting us to go in and put in a performance. So as long as we've had a performance and we've been entertained, I'll come away pleased. So... Before we say our final word, I just want to give uh, details on the raffle that we're hosting at the moment. When we spoke to Calvin Phillips, he very kindly donated a signed England shirt. If you head over to leadsthat.com forward slash donate, you will be able to find the details for entering. It's £5 per entry and all the proceeds are going to the food bank at the Holbeck, which has been run by Slunglow Theatre Company. Each box that they make up uh, costs them around £40. So as much money as we can get, because it's, it's an amazing prize. And we've had a, a ton of interest so far. Um, loads of entries, but get your name down, get yourself in the draw, and you've got every chance. Well, good work, Slunglow. So Andy, what's your word? Uh, ready. I'm ready for a decent rivalry game. Like a, It feels like something that we've been waiting for for a while. We've had all these, like, awful crappy rivalries in the lower leagues now we're back in the big boys it's it's decent and I'm ready looking forward to it I just hope we'll come out on top pensioner why pensioner there's obviously Chelsea pensioners but I was thinking how wonderful it would be for um, Marcelo Bielsa who is a pensioner now 
he's over the age of 65 and he wasn't last time he met Frank Lampard to uh, to uh, gain a victory over the the young whippersnapper that the media love to love so much. My word's consistency because we've been able to put the same team out for the third game in a row. We got two clean sheets. We've had consistent performances and I'd just like to see us building on that. Anything else beyond that is a bonus. You got a fun fact for us, Andy? I have, yeah. Uh, sent in for my dear friend, Matthew Pearson, stole from at Rob Stevens 9 on Twitter. On the 31st of January 2012, Chelsea signed both Patrick Bamford, £1 million, and Kevin De Bruyne, £6.7 million. Interesting fact time. One became one of the best players in the world, and the other one is known as KDB. Uh, I knew where you're going with that right well enjoy and we will speak after this right we're back and it's finished Uh, Chelsea 3 Leeds United 1 bitterly disappointed I've got to struggle to hide it tonight before we get into the obvious absolute bashing and how little like respect and what that were for Chelsea and their manager. Before that, let's be fair, we made a lot of individual errors. We gave them a lot of chances. We couldn't pass out of our... We couldn't get going, really, could we, uh, in our normal fluid play. And they've got some very dangerous attacking players. It could have been a lot more. Having said that, what a set of bellends. Andy, would you have any of their players in our team? No, I would not. I just acknowledge that they're good. I wouldn't have them over ours, though. Good, that's the way it always should be. Started well, though, didn't it? Saying that, the first minute I was terrified. I thought, God, this like it sets the tone. But then we scored, so... Yeah, they had a couple of chances and probably should have scored before uh, Calvin Phillips played that beautiful pass from the uh, far left-hand side on his left foot. He, yeah, and he timed his run so well and and all the criticism that Patrick Bamford has had over the last few seasons with him being at Leeds has been, you know, him not being efficient enough, but first attempt on goal and he banged it in, so fair play. He deserved it as well against his old club that basically dicked him around for years. So, so where did it fall apart? Did we score too early? Is that a thing? Can it be a thing? No, I didn't score too early because they should have scored straight away from that corner. It should have been 1 0 straight away. Uh, free header. I'm not buying into this whole fans thing because their fans didn't make a single noise unless they scored or were having a go at Diego Lorente. Other than that, they might well have not been there. I had to check that I was on the right channel on Sky to see if I've got the crowd noises on or not. It was ridiculous. Uh, they didn't support the team at all. I mean, if there's, t- there's 2,000 Leeds fans there, they're singing for 90 minutes, regardless who it is. These are only chirped up when whenever Laurenti touched the ball, giving him the whole woo, or because they scored. They didn't, didn't seem bothered the rest of the game. It was quite embarrassing, really. Do you think, because uh, I, I noticed them, it, it made a difference. And it's also a bit in the edit, not the edit, but the where they have the mics placed and things. Well, I thought pundits, you could tell they were there. They the even, pundits acknowledged it. They said it Yeah, of course they did, because they think they're romanticising the whole thing, aren't they? Look, we want to get fans back in, all the fans back in, but I don't think they made much of a difference today. I think you said in the first half, Paul, you know, it doesn't make sense that if this fixture was the other way around in Leeds, there would be no fans in the ground. And that's what's a bit crazy. 
I know like we don't want to go into politics, but the R rate is higher in London than it is up in Leeds, and yet they're allowed fans back in the ground, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. The thing is, I have I always have a real sense of fairness with things, and it just seems unfair. And that I, I hope that doesn't come across as sour grapes or anything. I'd, I'd like to think that I would have this opinion if it was the other way around. It just we always talk about trying to have a level playing field, and with Lampard saying in advance of it. Yeah, it makes a big difference towards having the fans back in and it can give you an advantage. And there's been times when you feel like you can make a difference, whether Andy thinks they did or not. If you're Lorente and you're making your debut, even if it's just annoying, I, I mean, I'm sure as a professional, he's able to drown it out. But there was the odd misplaced pass that you think they haven't had that when there's no fans in. And there's going to be no fans in at Ellen Road for a while. So to me, it does make a difference. It's not fair. Um, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't make a difference. They've been professional footballers forever long, playing in front of big crowds, done this and done that, and flipping heck, it's their job to get paid enough. They shouldn't be bothered if someone's shouting woo at them. Yeah, but you, think, know that it, you know that it does make a difference. I don't think it impacted the performance, though, tonight. I thought it was a tough game for Diego Lorente because he's clearly not fit enough to be playing, and he was basically in from the start. You know, Even at the end, then he, his man lost him with relative ease because he's probably knackered. You know, He's, he's mm. clearly a good player, but... He needs more time and it was a shame that, that Cox sort of came out of the game. That could have made a difference for us. I think, to be honest, I thought as painful as it is to say it, I think Chelsea have got, like we said in the first half, have got a side of very good individuals and they won a lot of their battles and the mistakes were forced by them playing well. I thought Kante for them was was ridiculously good. You know, he did he did the, the same job that Calvin did at Everton last week, just cut everything out. He was taking our players on and causing us problems. Reese James, we couldn't get anyone past him on the left hand side. He had a he had a good game. And you know, when we did get high up the field towards the end they broke on the counter and scored. So, you know, it's just one of those days and, and we don't have many of them. Let's be honest, you know, we, we can, we had eight shots. They had 23. And, you know, when was the last time that happened in under Bielsa? I don't remember it happening at, at all. Do you think there is anything that we're going to be able to do to improve our um, defending from set pieces? Because every time defending set pieces, you feel nervous. Fragile, definitely fragile from set pieces. I don't know the answer, mate. You could argue it's a similar thing. I mean, is it a height thing? Because when we're uh, when we got corners, we'd look for creative options like that Rafinha chance, rather than just chucking it in the middle. So maybe it's a height thing. Don't know. So Bielsa's answer to try and change things round eventually was Rodrigo, but before that was Perveda. What what did you make to him? I just thought Perveda struggled to get into it. To begin with, he was just sort of getting the ball, but wasn't in the pace of the game. And he was trying to take players on again, like he did at Everton when he came on. But Chelsea were just good; like they 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 were just winning their battles, and they and they won the ball off him. And there's obviously that incident where he can't remember which player it was, but he kicked his foot inside the box. And you know, if you go down like we've had in other games this season, uh, instead of him, you know, being a, a decent sportsman to be fair and playing on and trying for a shot on goal, we could have got a penalty. But you know, I, I, as a football fan, like, yeah, we would have won a penalty, but whether I'd be happy about it, I'm not really sure. I'd be very, very, very happy as long as we scored it. Yeah, but you know, it's like the other way of the debate. The debate is that players just go down for a decision from VAR, and and I don't really like VAR, so. Oh, no, me neither, mate, but we've had a, enough go against us, so uh, let's have one go for, as I say. And then the third's obviously us trying to do 
do a little bit of something in the end. It just didn't feel like it was going to come. Like you say, I think. How, did you see anything in Lorente that uh, that you'd been hoping to see, or, or do you think he was just thrust into a very difficult situation? I think it was really hard for him. It was always going to be tough. And, you know, he's against Giroud, who's a World Cup winner and is just very, very good at finding space and scoring goals. And Werner was good as well. It's, it was always going to be difficult. You know, like Biel said, he needs time in the under-23s, but instead of that, he got, you know, up against a World Cup winner. Like we had Paul as an Everton fan last week. I might have to get you a Chelsea shirt for Christmas, Jim. No, I absolutely hate him. I hate him to death and it's so painful for me to tell the truth but it is it's like one of those games like sometimes you just got to take it haven't you I thought a lot of it was from us not passing very well but did they force that I, I thought they they pressed very high didn't they like we weren't sometimes. able we weren't able to get the ball out the, the, they seemed to be under more pressure than the normal I think they did a real number on us some were just very very slack though weren't they some were ridiculously slack, like Melier's in the first half. But yeah, but we, we stayed in it, didn't we? We stayed in it, and I think I think it was one all when Rafinha had that double shot. It was unfortunate, but that was probably as close as it came. Bamford did well, did brilliantly for his goal, but then his uh, his shooting boots seemed to elude him. And you say you say Melier as well with that in the first half, making that mistake, but. He kept us in the game so many times as well. He was brilliant. And oh, I- he was unbelievable. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm just thinking of individual passes that were poor, and that was up there. But the, you could you could say that about most players. Yeah, I think you're right. Like I don't think our team were on their A game, but I do think really annoyingly Chelsea had a good game. Unfortunately, they did. They had a really good game, and I think is there's something to be said for the fact that we were in it. We were still in it till the very end. I still hate him. I hate him. Hey, Lampard. Can't stand him. I Can't. thought he meant Paul Paul. <laughs> he's just just something about him. Like he's trying to take the high ground now after everything with Derby the other season. And I don't know. It just doesn't ring true to me. I just think he's such a smug man. Uh, Paul said it in our group chat. The man lacks complete class. He's got nothing about him. He's When he's celebrating that goal like that, he's like they're just flipping won the World Cup final. They've just put a third in in the 94th minute when they're already winning. And he's glancing at Bielsa as he's doing it. He was desperate desperate for him to to look or react, wasn't he? It was ridiculous. Guy's an absolute womble. You have to take them every now and then, don't you, Paul? That's as simple as that. I think you do. I think you do. And I think uh, ultimately it's going to be another one of them nights where you're going to learn an awful lot from it. I mean, they're going to be looking at videos from that for such a long time. You know what he's like. I'm sure that he spends far longer going through these kind of games than he does the ones where we're doing really well. Maybe not, but, you know, we've got we've got a lot of games this month. Um, they're going to come thick and fast. We've got a game on Friday night, midweek game. Then we're going to Old Trafford. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some more points on the board. So, man of the match, I'll start you off. Mine's the goalkeeper. Yep, same. Melian. Thirded. Good show. I, I, I thought that'd be the case. <laughs> There's no one else it could be. And I think they did him a bit of a disservice, the commentators at the end, because they were saying, oh, Werner will be disappointed. Werner should have done this. It's like He's made some brilliant top draw saves. He really has. And he's a 20-year-old bloke. And we say this every week. He's just going to get better and better. 
and he's ours for a long time. But big shout to Liam Cooper. Uh, apart from a couple of little silly things, I thought he was outstanding today. Uh, it, I, I'm not sure what happened for the goal off of Zuma, when he's trying to say he got fouled and it doesn't look like he did. Uh, and then first <laughs> first kick at second half, and he's, he, again, it, it summed up the game, that. They all just had little brain farts all over the shop. Um, but I thought he did very well today because he's getting a lot of stick and he's... He's doing well. He's doing very well. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? We're not normally like that where we kicked off and we end up under pressure at our goalkeeper. Oh, that's set the tone for this half as well. But yeah, I thought Cooper did really well. And given that he had to do... I'm not saying Lorente didn't put a shift in because he, he clearly did, but Liam Cooper had a big responsibility having knowing that he had someone playing alongside him who'd been thrust into that situation. Outside of the goal, my highlight of the game was where Cooper fired that shot at Dallas, like passed at Dallas, and he fell over and Bielsa was behind him and went mental. <laughs> Which tells you how good of a game it was on our end tonight. Anything else you want to pick out from it then, Andy? Nah, I'm just annoyed. As you can tell, Andy is don't call sober tonight. What do you mean, as you can tell? Did we call you a prick a few more times? No, I thought people, like, you like to open your can on air. It's the first thing you do, especially when we've got a point or three points. It's the first thing, a little... I've got work, I've got to be at work for quarter past six in the morning, so uh, steady one tonight for me. Before I say a word, I'm going to give another plug for the raffle. Head to leaves.com forward slash donate. Five pound entry. You could win yourself a signed Calvin Phillips England shirt. First, one of the first of, I assume, many, many of those to come. Some, it's awfully, you know. It's Raffles not, from us. Well, it's not our first raffle. England shirts, Andy, for Calvin. Ah, right. Sorry, Paul, Paul. I got confused. So it's a very generous donation that he's made for the food bank at the Holbeck run by Slunglow. Great organisation, great cause, £5 entry, check it out. So, James, do you have a word? London. We haven't broke that bloody London curse. It is a thing, isn't it? And also, let's forget about it, but move on to playing West Ham, another London side next week. The weeks are always hard when we lose, aren't they? Awful, mate. Is it awful your word, Andy? Nah, I'm sticking with annoyed. Just annoyed. It felt so good to be going into a game against a decent rival, a proper tasty fixture. And don't get me wrong, I've, you can't really knock the effort, but maybe they tried too hard and everything was just a little bit stray. Still, no one likes losing, especially to Frank. So I'm annoyed. My word in the first half was consistent. And it was because I was hoping for some consistency, even if we didn't take the three points. And we didn't get it, did we? So I think I'm going to have to go with inconsistent because over those, even elements of the games before that, that we lost, I think th this was, for me, the game that we've struggled to get a hold in the most, or struggled to impose ourselves on this season. But one out of however many we've played so far isn't really inconsistent. I isn't really inconsistent. I just don't think we had the opportunity to fully impose ourselves. I don't know fully why. I'm sure Martella will take that to fully pull it to pieces and we'll all be well up for it by the time Friday night rolls around. I won't. Why not? I'm working. I'm not going to get back till earliest second half. Oh, no. So we'll see you in the second half of the pod. Yeah, I'll do some speed drinking. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Thanks for listening. Check us out on social at Leeds that. Go listen to the Calvin interview. That'll make you smile. See you next time. 
Social Podcast Network.